Hello and welcome to another jam-packed episode of We Love Books. In fact, the final episode of this season. Yes, we'll be taking a little break and catching up on summer reading for a while. But before that, there are today's delights to enjoy. Our featured author is Michael Egan. He's a primary teacher, he knows what makes kids tick, and as a sports fan, he has unique insight into the wonderful world of the local GAA club. So he combined all of those things to create the Declan Kirby GAA Star Series. And we'll be hearing all about that in just a few minutes time. But first, I wanted to hear from you guys. I wanted to know, do you have a favorite book? Not really. I kind of love most books. My favourite book is Dogman. Probably is Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban because it is really exciting and he finds a relative of his. At the moment it is The Cain Chronicles by Rick Reardon because it's all about gods and I uh, like reading about gods. Percy Jackson got me into it and then I went on to Heroes of Olympus, Trials of Apollo, Magnus Chase and now I'm here on Cape Chronicles. There's this book called Skullduggers Dozen Books. They're written by Irish people. It's written by Derek Landy. It's like about magic. It's about this person called Skullduggery Pleasant, obviously. And he's like a skeleton. There's one to 13 books. They're really good. I'm on the ninth one now. Well, it's really hard to pick a favourite book ever because it's constantly changing. But I'd say my three top favourite books ever are um, A Pinch of Magic by Michelle Harrison, then Rumble Star by Abby Elphinstone, and um, the third book is a German book, and it's called um, Oil and Sauber, and that basically... Um, Translated, that would mean um, owl magic. It's all about a magic owl, and that is literally why owls are my favorite animal. Because just the, the way it says, like how amazing owls are, it just gave me the same opinion. I'm reading right now. Road down the witches. Times can be really funny, and they're also easy to read. Mostly fantasy and I like it because lots of things can happen that can happen in real life like someone could just say a spell and then like I don't know a horse appears or um mostly fantasy or just plain silly like most David Walliam books and Dave Pilkey books and that kind of thing. books it's time for we love reviews first up eight-year-old nina tells us about rowley jefferson's awesome friendly spooky stories written by jeff kinney this is rowley jefferson's awesome friendly spooky stories which is based on a wimpy kid story and Rowley Jefferson is actually a friend of Greg Hefley in Diary of a Wimpy Kid and the author is Jeff Kenny. The book actually has lots of chapters but my favourite is The Biter 
The biter's plot is like this little girl who loved to bite, and when she started toothing, her teeth started getting pretty sharp. So when she was a bit older, they were able to make her have playdates, but after the playdates, kids always came out、um, in tears, and her parents tried. To like get a doctor, and luckily they did get a doctor. And the doctor thought she was a vampire, and she still needed to go to school. So the doctor wondered if they could bring her to Transylvania, but her parents did not want to send her there. So they had to make differences in the cafeteria. Like chocolate milk and blood, which is pretty spooky. I really liked it because it was hilarious. Like the diary of a wimpy kid book, it's a horror and comedy book. When I first read this book, I was giggling. And now I'm a fan of Jeff Kinney now. Thanks, Nina. Now it's over to Rosie, who is also eight years old, and she has read *Rainbow Gray* by Laura Ellen Anderson. Let's see what Rosie thought. *Rainbow Gray*. *Rainbow Gray* doesn't have magic. Her two friends, Raindrop and Snowden, are helping her find this a new power. What *Rainbow Gray* found out about is like a rainbow power, or it's very rare. Rainbow Gray was born with a dad who had magic powers, and the mum didn't. And they lived in Cloud Number Nine. And then she finds out about this magical power. So then she wants to get it, and she gets it. And Raindrop is a rain one, and she has magical rain powers. And she has a cape that can channel her magic. And she's very mischievousy. And Snowden, he is a snow magical one, and he has magical gloves that can channel his snow magic. And he also helps Rainbow Gray get her new powers. I enjoy reading the book because it was nice and fun. It was magical and mysterious, and also adventurous. Right when they went into the magical grotto for the rainbow people, you had the special magic. So there was this new stone with the magical thing in the middle of the circle of all the other magical stones, and it opened up, and there's this magical slide that went they went down in, and there's this magical book on one table that says the book about the magical rainbow people, and there's also lots of pictures around the. I liked how it was like magical fantasy, and there's lots of journey. Now on We Love Books, I bet after hearing this interview, you'd love to have this guy as your teacher. I chatted to author and primary school teacher Michael Egan about his fantastic GAA series, Declan Kirby, GAA Star, and we covered a lot of ground from creativity to team sports to writing books in Brazil. Let's hear how Michael became an author. I've listened to loads of the podcasts and like. It seems that、um, a lot of people kind of just fall into writing, which it's an amazing thing in itself. But just with me, what I like about 
okay, look, we, we get a publishing deal and it, you're over the moon. You're literally could be doing handstands in your apartment and and so on. When the dust settles, like being a teacher, like I just think it's a nice thing to maybe break down that barrier that when we're children in a school, they might see maybe I have a book in libraries now and in Easton's and all of that. And when I'm in the classroom, they're chatting to them. Like, it's just like, God, this maybe this is impossible. Maybe this is something I can do because I've read loads of stories from children and I'm often like, I might set the story aside for a second and go, God, like, I mean, this is brilliant. I mean, some great originality and some of the things kids come up with are amazing and they can be very observant at times, you know, and they see things that we don't see and all of that. And um, even from the point of view that it creates a possibility, a pathway when they see someone that has a book out or whatever, they, they might say to themselves, you know what? If I actually work at this and I practice, maybe it's something that I can do myself. That's one thing I'd, I'd love to, to happen maybe at some stage, you know? One of the kids in school just gives me a, a phone call in 20 years' time and says, hey, <laughs> I'll have a book in Aesons or whatever, you know? Yes. And what is your favourite thing about being in the classroom and being with kids? Well, I suppose every day is different. Do you know what I mean? You never know what's, what children are going to say, particularly in some of the younger classrooms. As we say, they don't have that filter and uh, they can literally say what comes into their mind, whether it's offensive <laughs> or not. And, uh, you know, that can be a very good thing at times as well. The energy of the children is great as well at times. Do you know what I mean? Um, I'm often blown away at the talent of children, though. I mean, literally, I've seen children seven or eight belt out songs, you know, nearly note for note, perfect, wonderfully. I've seen children produce like what I would regard as nearly works of art, you know, when you're doing art within the classroom, whether it's painting or constructing different things or just simply drawing sketches. Some of the, the talent is, is amazing at times, you know. And I suppose what I was alluding to there just at the start, I mean, getting the book deal and maybe breaking down the barriers and making this a real possibility for children to do. It's just sometimes in the classroom, I've seen very talented children, but they don't like giant maybe, like I'm quite into football anyway, giant, they might, be brilliant at football MP, for instance, but they might join the local GA club or they might write wonderful stories, but they mightn't join a writing club or they mightn't practice, you know. So although the classroom can be fantastic times, sometimes you can see a little bit of unfulfilled potential. And I think that's a pity at times, you know. Yeah, that's really interesting. So would you be very encouraging of kids to get involved? Like if they have a passion or an interest or a talent, would you be very encouraging of them taking that further outside school and, you know, reading loads and writing loads and joining the writing club or joining the, the local GAA team? Absolutely. I would indeed. And like, it's the same as anything else. I mean, practice makes perfect, as they say. Granted, I've got the book deal now, but that, that took loads and loads and loads and loads of work. I mean... The way it started with me was kind of mad, really, when you think about it. I had a teacher in primary school, third class, called Brian Davis, a really wonderful guy, still teaching today. And, like, he's just, he's a great guy. And you meet him, like, and he's so enthusiastic about everything. You know those kind of people? He's enthusiastic about life. He's enthusiastic about teaching. Like, I mean, he actually gives you energy. But in third class, he he's naturally into creative writing anyway, I think. So, so you know, I think it was really the second, first or second day we were in third class with Brian Davis. I think it was every Wednesday we did creative writing. Wow, so lovely. He gave us... Um, couple of titles I picked one anyway and at the end of the the end of the uh, lesson he would read out inverted commas what he perceived as the best story shall we say so he read out mine that particular day was the first one he pulled out so I got great confidence out of that you know now I never really pursued writing at that particular time because I was so busy actually playing football uh, but it was years later uh, when I was in a Thai uh, school in Leifa, school here in a Thai and um, I became a primary school teacher myself, actually. And I had second class and we were doing a lesson on narrative writing. And we had kind of, I think it was six story cubes. 
So the children could only see one cube at a time. So it was a different pictures, basically. So it was an adventure story. So to see the first picture, they'd arrive as much as they can about that. It might give them 15, 20 minutes. And then they'd go on to the second one and, and the third, fourth, fifth, and the sixth and so on. So um, just to, to get them try to develop the writing skills and so on. But uh, then at the end of the day, I remember I went home and I started writing that story myself. They had been doing to give them a sample. And that was it, believe it or not, like that was actually it then. And I kept wow. developing that night by night, night by night. I engaged with the Cornerstones Literary, literary Agency in, in the UK. Uh, they were fantastic. So I actually started sending the work, inverted commas, over to them and they would critique it. Unbeknownst to myself, it was actually almost like doing an apprenticeship or a creative writing course. I learned so much from them, like over, like that went on for months, months and months. And uh, they would critique the work all the time, give me tips and recommendations and all of that. And then I started sending that into publishers. And then I actually went on a career break to Brazil. Oh, wow. And while in Brazil, I continued writing that particular adventure story. And one day I just stopped and I pushed the laptop away. And I thought back to a child I had in a school in Ballyfermot years ago. Great guy, but was a bit of a reluctant reader. But he got really, really into these football academy books written by Tom Palmer, if you might remember that guy. Still, he's still writing, actually. Great uh, guy from England. And I, it kind of, a light bulb went off my head because it was quite hard for me to get him into reading. You know, we would have deer time and so on within the school, which is drop everything and read and um, might allocate maybe 20 minutes every day for, for children to read. Or sometimes if, if they finished work early, they might read a book that they like. But anyway, this guy wasn't buying into the deer time very much and he wasn't pushed in reading, but he got into these football academy books by John Palmer and he would literally finish one. He'd run over to the library in the classroom, get the other one and got really into the reading. So when I was in Brazil, I remember that moment and I stopped writing my adventure story. I said to myself, you know what has never really been done in Ireland? A series like Tom Palmer did, the soccer series, but in, in Ireland, we've never had a GA series. So I said, if we could do something like that, the way Tom Palmer writes, the plots aren't overly convoluted and the language that he uses isn't particularly complex. So it appeals to a lot of children and not to be overly stereotypical, but sometimes children that are very active and love their soccer like this guy, uh, to get them to sit down and read for half an hour, an hour, it's sometimes tricky. Again, not all the time, but sometimes. So I said to myself, do you know what now could be an idea? If, if it was a book or a series of books created, but a GA team, children's book. So I stopped writing an adventure story. And that's when I started writing the Declan Kirby GA Star series. So I've kind of said this in a very long-winded way, but I'm just saying uh, as regards children writing or getting into clubs, me getting this publishing deal, deal did not happen over a few days or a few weeks it took it took months and months and months probably years really of practice so yes it takes time it takes practice and even as regards writing i'm very lucky to have my brother who has written a few books himself and he's my kind of sounding board so i'd write the book and bringing him up might do a zoom might do it on the phone whatsapp we do a lot actually and i'll read the chapter and he's like Wah. like that bit don't really like that bit what about that sentence that doesn't really work you know this kind of thing like sounding board my extra pair of eyes so I would say to anybody, if they have a passion, it's great if they have somebody just to have a look at their work. It can be a friend, it can be a family member, it can be a teacher, it can be a parent, whoever, like, you know. But I do think it's very important when you're trying to hone your craft to have somebody else there because there's only so much, I think, so much you can do yourself in terms of you need someone that's looking at it objectively as well, you know, because you could have drawn a lot of emotion into what you're doing. But sometimes it will work well and other times it, it might work so well. And you're a huge sports fan yourself, obviously. 
Can you tell um, us about, about your own sporting history? My sporting history, yeah. I suppose I was um, big into GA in particular. Now, when I was young, I would have played all the sports. Played all the soccer and a bit of rugby and... Um, He's got a swimming pool. Uh, but for whatever reason, just GA, Gaelic football, like I just got really into GA. My local club there at Dempsey's actually came, became a coach there in the end, coached the under-10s, and that's kind of one of the ways I got into primary school teaching how to get into football. I suppose I just really, really enjoyed it. And actually, that's one of the reasons why I, uh, as regards writing the books, of course, I want to try and improve children's uh, literacy and their love of reading and all of that, because I know all the good that can come of that. But another thing as well is, to hopefully get children into GA because they get so much out of it, like I did. Like when you're playing it when you're young, you just want to win all the games. You know what I mean? You don't think about it too much. You want to get a few scores or set up a few scores or whatever, have a bit of fun. But when you're an adult, you realize that not alone do you have loads of fun and you make friends, but you develop your social skills, you develop a work ethic, you without not realizing that you're keeping yourself quite healthy and fit and fit and so on as well, you know. Like, if you want to be successful in life without being overly dramatic, uh, you have to work quite hard for it. But also, if you want to win the game uh, on the football team, you have to work quite hard for that as well. So, I mean, you're learning things without realising it that can benefit you in later life, you know. And uh, that's what I think is a great thing about GA. And, and what it's all about is children getting loads out of it in terms of having fun, making friends, developing their social skills. Even a small thing like easing the transition to secondary school, I think. When a child is in sixth class and they're going into first year, I just know myself when I went into first year, like you can identify people, God, I played against him or, or whatever, or you might just know people through, through football or whatever, you know. And like, I mean, GA's my thing and I love GA, but like, I mean, any sport, I think every sport is great. And can you tell us a bit about this wonderful GAA series that you've come up with? So for the kids who haven't heard of it yet, who might be interested, can you give us a, a brief synopsis of the gist of the series? What's it all about? Okay, so it's about a guy called Declan Kirby. Now, Declan is from a, an area called Smith Green. Now, to be honest, it is fictional because I want the child reading this, this book to see himself or herself. And in the second book, he goes into inter-county, but the county is never named because we want the child again to perceive themselves as going through this journey or relating to the journey. So anyway, so Declan is a young guy. He's in fifth class at the moment. And um, when Smith Green was formed, the GA club, it, it's only a recently formed club and they were... Terrible. They lost all the games and so on. But anyway, and Declan, when Declan started, he wasn't particularly good either. But he worked really, really hard. And over the course of time, Smith Green got better and Declan got better. And first of all, he was a sub on the team. But after he put in the hard work and practice and all of that, he got onto the team. Now, it's great to get onto the team. But unfortunately, things don't always happen in straight lines. And Smith Green have their own trials and tribulations to contend with. They have a guy called Derek, who's a fabulous player, but he's a, a bit of a temp temperament issue. And he often gives out to the referee and he even gives out to his own players. And sometimes he decides it's appropriate to give out to his own manager. So we look at how Smith Green deal with a player like that, who's wonderfully talented that they need on the team, but the manager can't really be putting them on the team all, all the time if he's going to be speaking to people like that. Another thing, we have Derek's dad called Thomas, who is kind of siding with Derek. And he hatches his little plan to undermine Sam, the manager, and to perhaps try to steal his job. You know, so that's a little thing that's happening in the background. And another thing as well, Declan's dad has recently got promoted with Irish Rail and he's unable to make any of his games. And as Smith Green continues to improve and evolve, it transpires that Declan's getting quite upset that his dad is never making any of his games. So as we reach towards the climax and so on, we see what happens there, whether his dad will eventually end up coming to one of the games. But it's essentially, it's a snapshot of um, 
of GA club, you know, and all the different things that happen, like, you know what I mean? Because mad things can happen in GA clubs at times. I put in a bit of a dramatic element at, at times. And uh, one thing that's important, I believe, with children's books now can depend on, on the book, but just I try and tread a little bit of humour here and there as well. It's a bit of fun and all of that. And in the second book, we changed location. Uh, they go to Galway for a tournament and there's various problems and different things that happen so they go to Galway and they have a bit of fun, but there's various problems that they have to encounter. So it's kind of looking looking at a GA club through a lens that isn't super serious, but a bit of drama go on, a bit, bit of fun and all of that, and how they cope with various problems and all of that. It's not all about football, you know what I mean? There's other yeah. little things to go on that, that all children can relate to, I hope, you know? Yeah, a good book is a good book. A good story is a good story. And it sounds like, even though you stopped writing your adventure book, you put a whole load of adventure into this setting. My last question is, you've given us a load of them already, but if you were to give us your top writing tip for kids, what would that be? Neve, I would say to you, I know you said one, right? But just three things. I was even thinking about these before I came on. So number one, practice, practice, practice. Practice makes perfect. Practice as much as you possibly can. Read as much as you possibly can. The other thing I was saying, if you can have somebody if that can be used or help you uh, as a sounding board, where they will maybe read. They don't have to read like a full, a huge, like nearly a novel, shall we say, even a chapter, a couple of chapters, just to get some of their feedback, just has to be someone that you trust, can be a friend, family member, teacher, uncle, whatever suits. And the other thing I was going to say to you, right, this is what I think is really important. You never know on a given day when you will get some inspiration, you know, can happen in mad places at a mad time. And if that happens to you, whatever comes into your head, maybe it might be an idea for a story or a series, Literally, right, if you have a notepad, now you might be carrying around a notepad, I often do it in my phone. Just write it into your phone as quickly as possible. I mean, literally, if you're in a shop or something, just go to the back of the shop and write it into your phone because you could forget it. Like, maybe you won't now, but you could. And this brilliant idea might come into your head for some original story. You might get a five-book deal just from that moment. Do you know what I mean? So that is, I think that's very important because that happened to me once. I actually... um actually in school and some, some bizarre mad thing happened and I legged it uh, I got the phone out and as soon as I went home I started banging all the my idea into the into the laptop now I haven't done anything with that yet but it is there oh watch the space there what is go. coming next <laughs> <laughs> we weren't done with Michael just yet oh no not before we subjected him to the grueling we love books favorites round here we go well, my first question is, what is your favourite colour? Probably black or white, I'd say. Your favourite animal? Oh, probably dogs, I'd say. If you had a favourite animal noise, which animal makes your favourite animal noise? <laughs> I'd probably use a dog's bark, maybe. What is, this is a tough one, your favourite sport? Oh, well, Gaelic football. Gaelic football and hurling, I suppose. GA in general. Do you have a favourite word? Do you know that I actually say indeed quite a lot? You might have noticed that throughout the course of this interview. You know, maybe that's my favourite word, I suppose. What is your favourite smell? My goodness. My God, I don't know if I've ever thought about that. Uh, oh, Joe, it was hard. This is not for everybody. You know, it's not for the faint-hearted. Smell of an O'Neill's football. Like letter, the letter, smell of an O'Neill's football. How about that? You're a true GAA fan. There you go. <laughs> what is your favourite place to be alone? Do you know what, like most of the writing that I've done is just literally in my bedroom, I suppose, you know, just literally on the bed with the with the laptop on the lap there, you know, typing away, I suppose. In the bedroom, I suppose, yeah. What was your favourite book as a child? 
It's hard to pinpoint one, but I would say if you've heard, you probably have heard, I'm sure, of R.L. Stein Goosebump series. Yes, indeed. Goosebump now made made into uh, a film, actually, films. Uh, I used to love the Goosebump books. As a matter of fact, I mean, I think inadvertently, I think some of my writing style might come from R.L. Stein because the way he writes and the way I write, his chapters aren't particularly long. They're relatively short, and the language he uses isn't overly complex either. It's simplistic enough language. I've actually listened and um, to a couple of interviews he's given. He kind of does that deliberately because he wants his books to be a book for everybody or books for everybody. Like kind of like what I try and do as well. So love the Goosebump series, but of course, like Roald Dahl was just unbelievable. I mean, fantastic Mr. Fox, all of them. You know, The Witches, Charlie and Chocolate Factory, all them. I remember teachers there when we were in school. They used to um, read that, those stories out to us, and you wouldn't hear a word in the classroom. I mean, yeah. just wonderful. And my very final question is, what was your favorite gift you ever got from Santa? Yeah, you know, when I was young, I was very, very into this, what was called WWF wrestling, WWE wrestling. Yes. We used to love that when we were young, me and my two brothers, a bit too much, because we used to try and reenact a few of the moves. I don't think the parents were overly impressed with that, but I remember once we got a ring with all these wrestlers, so that was really fun. <laughs> Well, seeing as it's the last We Love Books in this current season, before we go, let's hear why you love books. Well, I like reading because sometimes they tell you about stuff and it's so interesting. I do like reading because when I read the first page, it's like an adventure going in and I really just need to know what happens in the end. Yeah, I love reading because um, I just... I don't actually know why I just love reading. I'm part of a book club with a couple of my friends about Chris Colfer books and we do things like uh, do quizzes about the books and draw pictures of things in the books and things like that. I like reading because I kind of like exploring different things that I can't do at the moment like magic you know I can't really do magic for obvious reasons or like some books where they've got like 20 dogs but you can't really have 20 dogs so that too much dogs you know i like exploring different areas and when i read a book i kind of go into the world in the book i like reading well because it's a bit like relaxing you get you fall into deep imagination if you like if you had a stressed and tiring day it'll like calm you down I like reading because um, uh, it is very fun. You can also imagine, like you can imagine it in your head and it passes the time. I like reading because it's really entertaining. It kind of just gets your mind off all the things going on in life. And also I love the way that stories bring you into the world of the characters. You are literally there with all the characters experiencing everything with them. Reading, because it's fun. It brings you to a place, like an adventure. And they also are very useful for getting information. I enjoy reading because it's fun. And also every time you read, you find a new adventure in the book. 
So I like to save chapters up for every time I read the book. That's it from We Love Books for today and for this season. Make sure to read, read, read until we meet again. And if you would like to get in touch, our email address is welovebooks at rte.ie and make sure you get the permission of a parent or a guardian first. A huge thanks to all the wonderful kids and the wonderful adults who helped make this show and a big thanks to all of our fabulous listeners because we really wouldn't be here without you. So for one last time this series, I'm Neve Bennett, this is We Love Books and until next time, happy reading! Happy reading!